This is Live On Purpose Radio, episode 573, Getting to Joy, with Linda Shively. Now is the only time to create and live the life you love. I'm Dr. Paul Jenkins, the positivity psychologist. My job is to connect you to powerful positive psychology principles that immediately upgrade your relationships, business, and mental health. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And joining me today is a returning guest. I I originally met Linda at a National Speakers Association event where we were both attending and we got into a conversation and I realized that her story is a really great example of the kinds of things we talk about here on the podcast and back home at Live on Purpose Central where we have all of our coaching programs and other fun things. Welcome with me, Linda Shively, to Live on Purpose Radio. Again, Linda, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm so glad to be back. You heard the title of this episode, and you've decided to use that title as the title of your next book, and you're welcome. (laughs) Actually, I got that backwards. I just read Linda's new book, Getting to Joy. And Linda, I knew your story before, how you had kind of extricated yourself from a somewhat toxic relationship. And within a fairly short period of time, as you and your daughter moved on to other adventures, um, your daughter passed away at a very young age. I think she was three. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, just a few days, a few days short of her fourth birthday. Oh. And that just hurts my heart. I'm a grandfather. And that's the age of several of my grandkids. And it's just heartbreaking when that kind of a thing happens. This is not what you had in mind. But I found through my years of practice as a professional psychologist that often our, well, you've heard it said that our mess becomes our message. And I think you're a really great example of that because your book, Getting to Joy, opens with that particular traumatic experience that you went through. But it's exactly what was needed to put you in position to move forward and discover some things. Am I overinterpreting that or is that fair so far? That's that's fair so far. Would you just kind of walk us through that? What that experience triggered for you, what it, what it set into motion, and then we'll get to where you are today, too. But could you share a little bit of that journey with us? Let me go back about 21 years. Okay. The, doc- the doctor said, your daughter's not going to survive to her first birthday. As I was holding my three-month-old baby, in that mm. stark white doctor's office. Mm. He says, she has spinal muscular atrophy. Here's a paragraph about it. Go love her. 
That was the worst. Wow. That was the worst day of my life. I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. And then I realized Jessica didn't know any different. Jessica didn't know she was sick. She still needed to live. So I did everything in my power to be able to give her the best life. And she loved to read books. We would sit and read books. She would read them everywhere, including in the car. She wouldn't Mm. stop reading. She even had a power wheelchair to be able to navigate with just the strength of her little index finger. And she'd zoom around exploring her world. And man, her eyebrows, I cannot move my eyebrows like she could. She could carry on an entire conversation with just her eyebrows. Just those expressions. Just those expressions. And two days after Christmas, just before her fourth birthday, we were in the pediatric intensive care unit. And the head of the department came in on his day off and said, she's not going to make it. And I said, what do you mean? Does that mean I have to pull the plug? Does that mean I have to tell you to kill my daughter? And just at that moment, all the alarms go off. Beep, 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 beep. Everybody starts rushing in. Code blue, code blue, code blue. And the doctor, he was so calm. He just waved his hand and everybody just stopped. And we all stood around her bed. And I just picked up my daughter for the last time and I could still feel the life in her. Mm -hmm. Just for a little while. And then it was gone. And I had to decide, I had to decide, was I going to let her life not have any meaning? Or was it going to have meaning? And I decided to continue the Jessica Fernandez walks to cure SMA that I'd started when she was just a year old. And those walks have raised more than $1.5 million Wow. Fund research. And now there are three FDA approved treatments where when she was alive, there were none. And so her life is actually saving other kids' lives, helping them have better lives. And so her life has meaning. It's always inspired joy in everyone. And it's also saving lives. And every time I think about her, I always think of joy. Wow. There's such a richness to what you just shared. I mean, just listening to that as a parent, as a grandparent, and how we love our little ones. And we don't know how long we're going to have them. I'm, I'm hearing you embodying something that I've tried to work with in my own life and and in the lives of people that I coach. And that is to experience joy with what is. Instead of experiencing misery because we don't have what is not. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 
And as you share this story, I can I can hear and feel the energy of of your joy. I don't think you're faking it, Linda. And I'm, I'm a professional psychologist, so I'll figure it out if you are. <laughs> you're not faking it. You've come to something that has helped you to not only have peace with the difficulty and the pain of what is, but to find from it the building blocks to create something that didn't exist before. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's rich, the way that you've shared that. And this has become a theme of yours, hasn't it? Yes, <laughs> just a little bit. So all the work that I do, I talk about joy in everything that I do. And I actually asked people, I said, what, what do you think my title should be? And I've gotten mixed results because some people say I should be the true joy expert. Some say I'm the joy lady. Some say I'm the joy queen. Some say that mm. I'm, or the queen of joy. Some say that I'm the chief joy officer. So whatever you call me, it's always about joy. It always has joy in that title. And what a simple little word, three letters. But I, I remember when I was writing my book, Linda, that I, I was trying to nail down what is it that we all seek, mm -hmm. that we want above everything else. And it comes down to, in, in my book, I called it The Feeling, capital T, capital F. The feeling. The, and what is the feeling? It's joy. And it's interesting to me that joy includes pain. Mm -hmm. Is that true? You're the joy lady. Tell me if I'm right here. Well, what I would say about it, it's not, you know, we talk about, I know you talk a lot about happiness. Mm -hmm. And I find a distinction between joy and happiness. Yes. Happiness, not always, but often is external to us. Mm. Something happens and we're happy about that occasion or situation or other person or event. Yet joy is deep down inside. And it underlies everything. And it doesn't, you may not be happy yet you can still have joy. And if you've ever seen the movie Inside Out that Pixar did, mm -hmm. if you haven't, I highly recommend it. And spoiler alert, joy and sadness can coexist. I kind of think they have to. They have to. I mean, yeah. you can pretend that they don't, yet it's life is so much richer when they do. That's the richness that I was referring to earlier, because like when you're sharing your story, Linda, there is clear sorrow, sadness, pain. And there's this this beautiful thing called the opposition. You know, there's an ancient symbol called yin and yang. Right. And you've seen it. Everybody's yeah. familiar with that, where the, the two opposing parts actually define each other and they are part of a greater whole. So this joy that you're talking about is a richness 
of experience that has to have the opposition in order to even exist. Yeah. And I think that realization is one of the keys to actually, like your title says, getting to joy. It's embracing all of it and not trying to deny the painful parts. Right. And it's the contrast we sometimes need in our life. Because if everybody, everything is always like this, you're not enjoying or not enjoying, you know, but the deeper (laughs) the sorrow, the higher the joy. And that I don't want people to ever have to have that deep sorrow. And yet you can have the contrast when you do have it. I was meeting with a mom not too long ago who was working feverishly to make sure that her kids didn't experience difficulty and sorrow and pain. Yeah. And, we, always, we want, we want to save people from that. And yet it doesn't right. <laughs> you know what the, the connection that she came to though. And I thought this was this beautiful and brilliant because in our conversation, it occurred to her, wait, I guess I'm trying to prevent them from having the rich life that I've had. What a beautiful realization. Wow. And it changed her behavior because she realized it's not my job to make sure that my kids don't experience that. I think my job is to love them and create opportunities for them to learn the same things that I've learned. And and you don't get there for free. You have to pay the price of admission, which is having those experiences. Yeah. Linda, in your book, you talked about dragons. Yes. <laughs> These are the dragons that come and steal away our joy. Yes, yes. And then you also mentioned a few principles that allow us to slay the dragons, you know, get past Actually, that. Actually, I don't I don't refer to slaying them. I talk about taming dragons. That's true. I didn't I didn't read the word slay in your book. <laughs> I just we, didn't say that. Well, we have this this conflict about, you know, the the oh, we got to kill it we got to slay it and yeah 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 and then it's like killing a part of ourselves and so how do we work with it because if these come up we want to be able to figure out how to navigate it without beating ourselves even more well that makes me glad that i used the word slay because it gave you a chance to make a distinction that is really crucial here we're not trying to get rid of those dragons. And just for, for clarity's sake, maybe you could share with us a little bit what those dragons are yes. and how they show up, because then it'll make more sense that we're going to tame those. It, it's like little aspects of our personality that are going to jump in every once in a while as a dragon. But share with us what, what some of those dragons are, what so you've learned about the, them. The first one I refer to as second-guessing Sally. And second guessing Sally wants you to second guess every decision that you make. Everyone. Mm -hmm. You may be confident when you make the decision. And then as soon as you make it, say, oh, maybe I should have done it differently. Oh, and that constant debate, which takes up all time and energy. And 
doesn't right. serve you instead of just making a different decision and moving forward, but beating yourself up about it. And then no good Nancy, oh. no, good, no good Nancy wants you to believe that you're not good enough. Now, that's not true, but she wants you to believe mm. that. And she wants you right. to think no matter what you do, no matter how you do it, it's not good enough. It'll never be good enough. Never be good enough. You'll never be good enough. And then even if you succeed, she'll say, you could have done it better. (laughs) Yep. And then there's perfect Paula. And perfect Paula wants everything to be absolutely perfect before she moves forward. So writing an email, sending, making a phone call, doing anything just gets hindered because, oh, well, maybe I don't... I don't have, it's not the right time. I I need to wait until this or, oh, I need to rewrite it and maybe rewrite it and rewrite it. And the book never gets published. The email doesn't get sent. Nothing happens. And then there's judging Jenny. Ooh. She's a complicated dragon. And she wants you to judge other people so that you feel better. And then she thinks everybody's judging you which really they're too busy judging themselves and it mm. just, it, that comparison thinking oh that other family they have the perfect relationship mine is never going to be that way or looking and saying oh thank goodness my relationship isn't like their relationship you know, whatever it is and it can be in relationships and work and social media huh? that's judging jenny's playground <laughs> so many opportunities to judge so many opportunities and then there's overwhelmed ophelia and overwhelmed ophelia wants to keep you occupied at all times have a packed schedule have the to-do list that's a mile long and kind of embrace that badge of i'm so busy like i'm so important because i'm so busy and yes. never getting anything done and just having so much that you feel like you have to do. And all of them can wreak havoc on life, on your business, on your health, if you're not able to take care of them. And you you have to yes. actually move forward and do these, something. These dragons come in and steal our joy. Exactly, exactly. But you've got a remedy to to tame those dragons. Yes, to tame those dragons. So one of the first principles to tame the dragons is to live a better story. And what I mean by that is... I love that. (laughs) We create the meaning of our lives. You know, a story is basically what is the meaning. And if we... No matter what has happened in our life, we can alter what the meaning is. You know, if maybe you had a, quote, bad childhood, how do you reinterpret that into the way that gave you learning so that you can be better now? However, whatever happened, you get to tell it in the way that is powerful for you. Because I used uh. to... I used to let my story tell me what to do and how to behave and how to do things. And now I tell my story. Your story works for you, not the other way around. Exactly. Exactly. And so I love that. I have to tell you, Linda, because this 
it triggered a memory for me. And it sure. was one of my early clients. This is when I was a brand new green shrink way back. I've been doing this for three decades. Okay. And I remember this client, her name was Brenda. And she had come to see me for some fairly significant depression that she was dealing with single mom. Uh, her daughter was about eight years old and she was um, quite severely overweight and just going through a lot of challenges in her life. Now, what it came down to was some trauma and abuse that she had suffered. I have to tell you, back when I was in shrink school, they used to teach us that trauma messes with people's heads, right? Mm -hmm. I have come to learn that trauma is universal. Who do you know who hasn't experienced trauma? Anybody? Maybe a brand new baby. <laughs> and even that, maybe the, the birth process. Have you ever seen a birth? <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah, that's what I that's it's why like, I said, well, but then there's the birth process. So yeah. Welcome to the planet. You get to have trauma here, right? And it starts with, you know, crying after this traumatic yeah. experience. I, now, I, I don't want to overemphasize that too much, but I think we glorify trauma way too much instead of glorifying the resilience of the human spirit. Yes, yes. Because we're designed to handle it. Anyway, this story that my client was living in was I was severely abused from the time I was eight years old till I was 16 years old by my stepfather who never even acknowledged it was, it happened. Okay. Anyway, this was her story she was living in. And I had her do a little visualization with me where we loaded her into a limousine and she's all dressed up in her fancy duds. And she's, she's going to this premiere. Okay at a big theater and there's a red carpet and everything. And she realizes this is, this is for me. And we pull up to the theater and, and you get the, the chauffeur opens the door for you as you step out in your nice heels onto this red carpet and you look up at the marquee and it says Brenda's life starring her stepfather. And she's like, Ew, you just ruined it. And I'm like, I ruined it. <laughs> Which story are you living? And who gets to decide what's on that marquee? That's what came to my mind, Linda, when you said, you know, live a different story. What if you are the star of this show? And that stepfather is simply one of the supporting characters to illuminate how wonderful our heroine is in this story. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's powerful. I love it. You said that was the first of these principles. You have yeah. others? I do have others. The second principle is tell time what to do. And what I mean by that is instead of just letting time pass by, direct your time. How do you use your time? Because so frequently mm -hmm. I find people will wait or 
oh, I'll get to it later. I'll deal with it at another time. And, you know, maybe ah, I noticed the roof is leaking and I'll, I'll deal with it. And then the storm comes and the roof caves in and you have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of addressing it when you could have addressed it. Or the debate for people when they're like, do I want to have a kid? Do I not want to have a kid? And sometimes time makes that decision and the biological clock stops ticking and okay, too late. And so by I not just... making a decision, you're making a decision. And so knowing how to use time and how to make the, instead of being afraid of making a decision to actually do something with the time that you have and how do you want to live? I just realized something, Linda, that I didn't know about you. And how many years have I known you? It's been a while. You're kind of bossy. Because <laughs> here you come and you're saying, look, you be the boss of your story. You boss your story around, make it work for you instead of the other way around. Now you're saying you boss your time around. You tell your time what to do, right? Uh, bossy is such a harsh word. Yeah. But you're suggesting that we take control over that. Exactly. That we it's do a little something that who else we call here live on purpose. Right? Exactly. Who else is going to, I mean, you can be at the mercy of everyone else in your life, or you can actually live your life. And that's not to say that you don't yeah, I love think it. about the other people in your life. No, but you're taking control of yours. Yeah. Nobody else is going to live your life. Exactly. This and is you your life. This is your life. And if you don't take care of your life, nobody, nobody else is going to take care of your life like you are. Right. I love it. I think there was a third too, right? There, there is a third, and that and that one is to choose your voices. So another directive. <laughs> <laughs> I see a theme here. Because when we have the external voices that are telling us whatever they're telling us, good, bad, otherwise, like those then, dragons, right? And then there's the, the voices in our head, and. I know you have the voices too. We all do. It's okay. Doesn't mean you're crazy. Exactly. It's, but what some are people you? are like, what voices? What voices is she? That's the one we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. In their comment. <laughs> Bingo. So that voice or those voices, depending, whose are they really? Mm. Are they yours? Maybe. Are they influenced by maybe a parent, maybe an early teacher, a class bully, an ex? I mean, you know, who knows? But why are they living inside your head mm. telling you what to do and not being nice? I mean, if they're nice, fine, keep them. But usually when we're talking about these voices, we're not talking about the nice ones. <laughs> They're not nice and they're not even paying the rent. Exactly. So, so let them go. <laughs> maybe we get to evict them. Yes, we can evict them or or go have them go do something else over there while you live your life. And, but have, now we say that as if it's easy. 
I know. It's simple, okay? Simple and easy aren't the same thing. Exactly. But it's kind of like, go with the eviction idea for a minute, because if you try to evict a bad tenant, they don't want to leave. They're like, you know, setting up camp. They're squatting on your property. And you want to invite other thoughts to come in, other voices. But the old ones are going to say, I was here first. And and try to stay there. So it does take some persistence and some intention and usually some coaching. Yeah, honestly. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I have people that say, oh, well, I can figure it all out on my own. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> How's that going for you? How's that working for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and Linda, I know that you provide coaching and you provide events and experiences for people that allow them to do this to get to joy yes. and experience what you call true joy um you've got the experience to back it up and before i let you go today i'm i'm eager to find out a little bit more about what you're doing share with our listeners how they can find you and and use your sweet skills to help them get to joy. You can find information on my website at lindashively.com. If you are interested in the book that we were talking about, Getting to Joy is available on Amazon. And there's a quiz that I have for you. If you were interested with these mm -hmm. dragons and you're wanting to find out, wait, which dragon is actually the most active for me? And what do I really do? We talked a little bit about it, but there's so much more. And I have a quiz mm -hmm. that you can take to identify. It's a quick quiz, identify which one's the most active today and yeah. some tools and tips of what to do about it. And if you want some help addressing it, there's a way to connect with me and we can have a quick conversation to figure out a plan for you to, to tame those dragons. Mm. Love it. Okay. You guys, did you catch that? Linda Shively, S H I V E L Y and Linda, the way you would commonly spell it, L I N D A Linda Shively.com. And that's where you can connect to our friend, Linda, who has brought some richness today to live on Burps radio. Linda, I knew that we would have a fun conversation again. Thank you so much for sharing your gifts with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Is there any parting thought that you'd like to share with our listeners? Don't let those dragons steal your joy. Go ahead and live with joy. Just go ahead and do that. Just find a way, take control of your life and live with joy. Just hearing you say that, it's like, Okay, I've got permission now from the queen of joy. <laughs> Linda, thank you so much. Folks, you've heard it from an expert who has reasons to know. Connect again with Linda Shively. LindaShively.com is where you'll find her brilliance. And it's time to go apply what we've learned to live on purpose. Did you get what you came for? Give yourself the gift of taking real action on what you realized today. Please share this episode with someone you know would value it and leave us a rating too. It's time now to live on purpose. <laughs>